0: Hit me From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit It's time for Suck Attack The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy Podcast And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster Mark, Mark Hershaw Mark Hershaw
1: Mark Hershaw Welcome Welcome to the Succotash Experience Epi 83, and I'm the host that your announcer, Bill Haywatt, warned you about. That's right, it's Mark Hershon, and welcome to the show that's chock-full of the stuff that you download or stream us for, clips. Comedy podcast clips from all over the place. Uh, Speaking of Bill Haywatt, uh, he's going to be a guest on an upcoming episode of the Strange Times podcast, so uh, listen for that. It's interesting, I I can't get him to come into the studio and make us a new drink, but... uh, He has no problem gallivanting all over the world and talking to other people, well, you might find out more about Bill Haywatt's past than he's ever revealed before on the Succotash Show, so listen for that. Most of the clips in this episode were provided by our associate producer, Tyson Sainer, by the way. My wife and I have been in the process of moving for what seems like weeks. Uh, we're finally done, but uh, Tyson has been up there at the top of the great dam of the Comedy Reservoir all by himself. And he's let the clips that you're going to hear today get through. Speaking of Tyson, he's got a little shout-out from our buddies Dean and Phil over at the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour last week, Georgia, and she was
2: killed when she was uh, struck by a train. What? Uh, They were shooting in a... uh... Is that making a cracky sound? How about now? There you go. We're good. Yeah, we're flying without a net, people. There you go. Look at that. uh, It's a dangerous show because we don't (laughs) actually uh, have the ability to levelate this show. Right. if uh, if you wanted to complain about the levels of the show and i'm talking to you mark hurshen <laughs> we do not have the ability we're uh, we've got a, a laptop that uh,
3: may have died
2: we don't know yep. and uh, but as anyone who's listened the last couple of weeks uh, knows we've been having some trouble with it so uh, we don't have the ability to level eight we're flying without a net uh this is as good as it gets <laughs> speaking of mark Hershon though oh uh, I, I'm an episode behind of his show, Suckatash.
4: Uh-huh. Uh huh.
2: But two episodes ago, it was co hosted by his new official associate producer, Tyson Sainer. No! Yeah, Fantastic. our friend Tyson Sainer from go, the Tyson. Pacific Northwest. And quite honestly, the next time we find ourselves in the Pacific Northwest, we should get Tyson on this show. Absolutely. But anyway, that was a big, big uh, kick. So people can check that out over in Suckatash, a two
1: hour episode of Suckatash. I believe it might have been Epi 92.
2: Wow, know.
5: look at that. So.
1: Now, this past week, Dean and Phil did their annual Oscar show going head-to-head betting on the winners for all of the categories. You can hear more at chillpackhollywood.com or on iTunes, which is where pretty much all of the clips you're going to hear on this show can be downloaded from. And most of them, but not chillpack, oddly enough, can be heard streaming as well on your Stitcher app. Now, I said that most of the clips on today's show are harvested by Tyson. Uh, I grabbed a few of them, and uh, one of them was sent in directly from the source. Friend of the show, Megan M., uh, more familiarly known perhaps to our listeners as At Podcast Whore on Twitter, recently fired up her own podcast called Str- uh, Screams and Moans, and she has sent in a little sampler pack. Megan says that Screams and Moans is the podcast about movies and sex, but not together, as that would be porn. She says that every episode is different, with a different guest co-host, a different film they talk about, and a different listener question slash topic related to more carnal matters. One of the things she loved most about her show and the format is that she gets to meet a variety of interesting and creative people. Let's hear some now.
6: The other thing I noticed, though, right away was the amazing music. Oh, uh, um, yes. <laughs> corn rigs and barley <laughs> rigs. <laughs> it's it's so funny because it's such a early 70s movie because it has well it has sex in it where you know that was just the time when you were starting to be able to show sex on film so it's very and different than now it's i don't know it's usually a little more realistic <laughs> than these stage. weird these yeah these weird staged motions yeah. well nude or half nude <laughs> i'm going to stop and strike a pose vogue 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 and, yes but also the music is so that was what made it confusing, and whether or not you're supposed to hate the pagans, because they would show them, and instead of like spooky music or something, it would be like la la la, this happy like hippie playing the fields music, right? Everybody's free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's frolic! Yes, yes. <laughs> so many, so many wonderful songs, and there's actually probably like four or five where they actually sing him on out i was gonna say especially you know even when he first comes into town and mm-hmm. you know he's going um to the inn and finding a place to stay <laughs> yeah. and gets introduced to willow
7: Show the to his little, <laughs>
6: that's not all your pink stuff then
2: no, it's not. No, no, not this time. Oh,
6: no. okay. <laughs> and your dolls?
2: <laughs> no. And my dolls. Yeah, no. yeah we, we, those are in the cupboard.
6: Okay. <clears throat> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. We're not supposed anyway. to talk about that, right? Yeah. No, no,
2: no. Okay. <laughs> very, very, very expensive.
8: So... <laughs> okay. Okay. So... Okay.
5: I mean, I, I was born. I mean, I was born and brought up in like the era of peace and love. I was like probably sixteen, seventeen when Woodstock was going on. So it was all happening. This free love and things like that. But this free love in those days wasn't as adventurous. It was basically all this free love was pretty much missionary position. <laughs>
6: It was it's though it, it's but it free wasn't. but you're only getting it one way.
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know and It was so, you know, it wasn't it was you know, we probably weren't an adventure. But looking having said that I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything.
9: You were asking what I find sexy. Well, you remember the phrase a maid in the living room, a chef in the kitchen and a whore in the bedroom. Well, in that context, the sexiest thing in the world is the phrase whatever you want well that and a pair of knee-length fmbs and a greyhound skirt
6: what happens on the podcast stays on
1: the podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh holy shit we're in big trouble then recognize some of the folks in that cornucopia of podcastery, Sassy from the most popular girls on the internet show, Bon from the Bon and Oboe show, Nigel Boydell from the HMS Codcast and Uncle Arthur's Bollocks collection, Davian Dent from the Bitter Sound, and Dr. Norman Trousers from the Casa Mirth podcast. You can catch full eppies over at her home site, screamsandmoans.com. All right, two clips already, and we're barely into the show. Uh, That should be an indication to you that we have no interview this week. It's wall-to-wall clips with some extras like our Burst of Durst with political, well, not just political. Let's call him Cultural Comedian Will Durst, a new Henderson's Pants commercial for something called Ransom Pants, and we'll see if there's anything in the tweet sack this week. Hi, Tweety. Oh. Talk about something in something else. We got a nice check in the mail from the good folks over at Amazon, which means I must thank you listeners who have been using the Amazon banner at the top of our Suckatashow.com home site to kick off your little online Amazon shopping experience. Every time you do that, see, they shave off a little bit of whatever you spend there. They send it to us, and it's been working out quite nicely. So thanks to those of you who've been doing that and know that I really appreciate the support. And now it's time for
0: the 10 most active shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast League.
1: Last episode, I pretty much skipped this feature because there simply wasn't that much action on the Stitcher Top 100 in terms of shows moving up or down. This week's pretty sluggish as well, but there is some movement, so let's get into this. At number 16, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour is up five places. At 25, Death Squad, also up five places. And at 37, Off the Air with Chick McGee, up five places. Forty-three Fitzdog Radio is down five spots. At forty-six, Smodcast Edumication has climbed seven places. At fifty-five, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Dropped six places last week. At fifty-eight, this week in Blackness Radio has dropped eight places. At sixty-eight, Improv for Humans with Matt Besser and friends up six places. At number 85, the Dana Gould Hour has climbed 34 places, which means Dana's got a new episode out. At 87, the New York City Crime Report with Pat Dixon, up 42 places. That one keeps bouncing in and out of the top 100. Uh, It's all very fresh crime news, so uh, that gets stale pretty quick. So every time Pat puts one out, they jump back up. Uh, Happy today, by the way, that old Succotash is on our way back up the Stitcher charts after last week's dreadful score which was 9465. This week we're up uh 1977 spots to 7488 and that's
0: the 10 most active shows in the Stitcher top 100 comedy podcast. List.
1: Let's jump back into the clips. Now, I've been hearing uh, Steve Ag on podcasts for a while now, but until Tyson Saner sent this clip along this week, I had no idea that he's not only had a podcast currently called Steve Ag, uh, that's U-H-H-H, uh, but he also had a previous podcast that lasted about 50 episodes. He mentions that fact in this clip. Uh, that was on his, uh, from his first episode back, which was a couple of years ago now, with his guest actress Juliet Lewis, who at the time had never been on a podcast before. Do I should have turned my phone off? I should just said anyway. I think
10: it's yeah. rude that you would even have to ask that question. Yeah,
1: you're so
11: right. Why do I need it on?
10: That's Be super. professional.
11: All right. All How good.
10: long have you been in the business?
11: Show business. Like, right, what was your
10: first acting gig?
11: I love show business. Great. The business. Um, the business of show. This got official really fast, really hard. No, it's still conversational. Wait, are we having a conversation? No, this was 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 in regards
10: to the phone and you being unprofessional and not turning it off. I was like,
11: holy shit, is this the launch into (laughs) the interview? We didn't even have an advertiser. What? Okay. So, oh, yeah. So my first professional job was when I was 13. And it was a mini-series for Showtime, Um, and that's it, with Max Perlick. Do you know him?
10: I know that name.
11: Really? It's your favorite,
10: favorite Engineer Dustin, Producer Dustin's favorite actor.
11: Yeah. Why
10: why do I know the name?
11: He's done a lot of...
10: Other than the show that you did. He's done (laughs) a
11: lot of strange indie movies, and he I just knew he was a skateboarder. He was probably the first... No, not the first skateboarder I knew. Actually, I knew one in junior high. That's how popular skateboarding was back then. I knew one, no, no, no two Skateboarding skateboard was kids. really popular. No, I know, but I mean, it wasn't. It, it was still subculture. Yeah, you know, you're right. Did you marry
10: just, a skateboarder?
11: Yes, I did. <laughs> a
10: professional skateboarder.
11: Yes, a professional.
10: So your skateboarding roots go way back.
11: I get not really that was my point do you Steve. skate at all no <laughs> my point was I didn't know any skateboarders I hung with some other weird kids. shady types totally shady I think I was into the the, the criminal element early on in life it, like the dark and, side I don't know I was like before I knew how to put it in drama and find it in film, I was, would try to get it into my life. Like yeah. Where you're
10: that's normal. That's called being a, te- that's called being a teenager.
11: Not everyone chases, runs toward that's the edge. That's true.
10: I did. I was, I mean, I got kicked out of two high schools and got sent to military school.
11: Oh my god! See, my first two boyfriends, I don't know why I went, uh, oh! Up here. <laughs> That's great. I got really excited. Oh my god. In, no wonder we're friends. My first two boyfriends, military school was a real popular. They went to military discipline. school? Yes. Do
10: you know which ones?
11: Um, um, oh, Carlsbad. Uh-oh. One guy, he, I dated this, this guy from Pacific Palisades and he, <laughs> he, heartbroken. Uh, why are you laughing? He broke
10: your heart, or you broke you. Seem no, like he heart left.
11: Breaker. I oh, did yeah. break his heart because I didn't wait for him at twelve. uh At twelve, from the it's <laughs> it was amazing, the-
10: you were even dating at twelve. No, I know. I, <laughs> I mean, just started dating like a year ago. You-
11: <laughs> I know. Why did I say twelve? <laughs> I should have said thirteen. Yeah, maybe. I- no, I turned thirteen You're from a
10: progressive <laughs> family.
11: Yes, I am.
10: By the way, and I didn't know this until recently. Is this the interview? This is, it's a, Are we just cut anything out? By kidding. the way, this is my first podcast back. Like, this is my comeback podcast.
11: Woo! They, they don't call it comeback, you fucking what's this? L F J.
10: Big out right now. I I did like fifty episodes of a podcast and kind of just got tired of paying for it myself. And then Dustin here was like, "We'll host your podcast."
11: Yes, Steve, get it together. Yeah,
10: but I was like. One of the reasons I stopped podcasting was because everybody I know except you has a podcast. Right. And like in the comedy community, like we all know each other. So it's like, Oh yeah, I could get Pete Holmes or Paul F. Tompkins on my podcast, but he's been on everybody else's Mm. podcast. And I was like, I don't have a gimmick. So it's like, I'm like, why am I competing with all the other podcasts? So when I agreed to start doing it again, I was like, I got to have a good first guest. Jeez. And you were the first person I thought of.
11: No pressure. I better. Because you
10: haven't done podcasts.
11: Never. This is, I don't want to use the freaking virgin, anyway, virgin territory. Let's say that. first timer. Yeah. Okay.
1: You can find Steve Aga uh, at his home site for the show at feralaudio.com. I understand he's got Weird Al on his newest episode, which just dropped this week. I may have to take a listen to that for This Week in Comedy Podcasts over on Splitsider.com. Keep an eye out for that. Now, I'm not judging, mind you, but it seems that Juliette Lewis sounded like she might have been a little high in that last clip. You can contrast and compare with this clip which is from the audio version of Doug Benson's live video cast called Getting Dug with High. Every episode, he finds interesting people and celebrities and then smokes it out with them. And in this clip, he's with legendary stoner Tommy Chong of Cheech and Chong and comedian Kyle Kinane.
12: What's your high history? What, tell us about the first time you ever smoked.
13: First time I was 18, I think I was 18 years old in a jazz club, a guy gave me a joint and a Lenny Bruce record at the same time. Chinese, Chinese guy. (laughs) And uh, I took it home, and he thought I was going to smoke it then. And I said, put that joint in my pocket. Yeah, that was for later. And then then he he lit up a joint, and I got high and listened to jazz for the first time in my life. And uh, it never came down. I'm still high.
12: Who is the Who is the most like famous? Like, is there somebody that would blow our minds that you smoked weed with them?
13: Frank Gehry, architect.
12: Oh, well, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever dropped that one on us.
13: No. <laughs> Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger.
12: Right, because he used to be pretty heavy into it when he was just a bodybuilder, right? Oh yeah,
13: yeah, yeah. That was the only thing he did. He was so healthy. He wouldn't, he wouldn't touch coffee, uh, soft drinks. You know, he only drank the purest water, but he smoked a joint. Yeah, that was the only thing he did because it was the healthiest
12: yeah and he' sort of uh, to I gotta heat this up more and smoke, and smoke but he sort of uh, quietly uh, decriminalized weed in California before yeah, leaving he office. He did like when he was kind of a lame duck, even kind yeah. of. he was almost yeah. done. no, Arnold was very so weird I, I appreciate that. him for that. I mean, yeah. he's got a
13: lot of other weirdness, but uh... <laughs> well,
12: it's, it's a, when you
13: think about it it's really stoner weirdness when you think about it, you know? yeah, I guess so yeah, what do he do I have yeah. sex
12: with my housekeeper
14: <laughs> bodybuilding isn't really. <laughs> i don't see that like yeah i'm after, like lifting some weights right now oh no that's oh, ambitious it's good you though do. yeah i do oh i, I worked work with out, with out of, high I worked with a lot
13: of bodybuilders that, that they get high and then they work out because you forget what you're doing man you're having such a good time yeah you, you know? get into it yeah. you've done like three days of workout and one setting you know
11: <laughs> yeah
12: i just the trouble is remembering to go to the gym is my problem then i got high
13: with all the beatles <laughs> Except I
12: uh, knew it. I was gonna fucking guess the Beatles, but then you I came mean, out with an architect out of except, the game.
13: Except Paul. What? I've never smoked with Paul. Ah, fuck him anyway. Yeah, yeah
12: right. He got. Did he probably got arrested with it more than the others, right?
13: Yeah, you did. He did. And that's probably why I never got together. <laughs> yeah, with yeah. You don't. You don't need a. You don't and, a target but, on your and, back. And Ringo and John never really smoked up. Ringo. Ringo was coming out of rehab. Mm. And he was just kind of there, and I got high. And uh, John, we were at a party at, at Lou Adler's house, and John was—I walked into the bedroom to find a place to get high, and John was sitting on the floor, you know, like huddled on the floor, uh, like a early caveman, you know, kind of looking. And uh, I lit up the the stinkiest joint I've ever had in my life. It was. The, you know, real poor quality that just smelled, you know, you know they smell like manure, you know, that, that kind of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I took it. Shitty weed. And, yeah, <laughs> I handed it to John, and, and he he turned it down. He said, no, I, he he was on probation. Oh, really? He was getting uh, deported or something.
12: Oh, man. <laughs> That's, I mean, being you and being on probation, how aggravating was it to have to say no to everybody all
13: the time? I'm a stoner, man. You don't get, we don't get aggravated. That's, oh, that's, that's, true. that's why the drug laws lasted <laughs> so long, because jails love stoners. We're the best cooks. We're the most, we're neat. You know, we we do what we're told to do. We're, we lo- and we love where we're at, because, boy, you get a movie every night if you want, or television. You don't have nobody, no wife telling you what to do.
12: Well, my favorite thing you ever told me about being in prison is that when, when you just sleep a lot, and yeah. when you when you sleep, you don't dream about being in prison.
13: Yeah, you're, well, you're not doing time when you're when you're sleeping.
12: Isn't that crazy, you're out.
13: It's, that's why people. <laughs> is this too heavy for you? <laughs> <laughs>
14: yeah, I'm like, what do you want to interview? My buddy used to manage a blockbuster, and we got we got stoned in the break room there. And that you get a movie every night at Blockbuster too. We just take it. We wouldn't even pay for the. <laughs> Well, oh, you're drunk. one of those dangerous guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm giving yeah. it a bad bad representative Working for blockbusters. Are they still in business? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the Beatles kind are cool of. and everything,
1: Tommy, but Bob was a pretty hip guy himself.
14: <laughs> I
12: think they have some blockbusters in towns that haven't gotten the internet
1: yet. <laughs> Toke if you got them. That's Getting Doug with High, which is available at Doug's channel on YouTube.com, or just search for it on Google to find the audio version of that. This next clip is from a show called NSF Water Coolers, or Not Safe for Water Coolers. And before I get into the clippage itself, my apologies. I have no idea who the people are on this show. Nothing on the several websites I looked at, which summons forth one of my pet peeves in podcasting, my PPPs, if you will. How hard is it to put out a little information on your home site? The blurb on their site says, all the film, TV, music, and pop culture info you need to attack that water cooler moment with confidence. We finished a round of the most
7: erotic octogenarian aquaerobics at that particular Y. Then we ate French toast out of my grandfather's Kaiser helmet. To round out the night, we each took turns with the Hungarian Rosetta Stone software. And nine months later, well, you can do the math. Oh, sorry. Let me turn down the fireplace and properly introduce the show. Hello and welcome to the Not Safe for Water Coolers podcast the podcast that has permanent hipster cred because it will never be considered cool. I, as always, am your host, Jim Chadman. Uh, with me, as always, up to, except for episodes 1 through 21, is associate producer Shannon. Hello! And our special guest, my brother, Joseph Tiberius Chadman. Woo. Special guest host, I prefer. Special guest host, that's correct. Um... I really wish your middle name was Tiberius. How? Kick, why isn't every boy's middle name Tiberius now?
9: Yours is the one that to be Tiberius because you're James.
7: Yeah, but still, it's a kick-ass. Our dad was a Star Trek fan. It's a kick-ass middle name. You dropped the ball too. You named your son's middle name as my name. Wow. Well, you think I get a little leeway for that? <laughs> well, not that I, now that I've had this Tiberius revolution.
9: Joe, Yo, you have
7: a never daughter, like sh- no name, not Tiberius. That's true. What's a female Tiberius? Tiberium? Tiber? Tiberium? Tiberia?
9: Tiberius is such a good, such a good name, it can still just
7: be Tiberius for a girl. You're right. Yeah. Uh, now, a lot of people don't know this. Joe and I did do a podcast, five episodes of Professor Nerdington, two years ago. <laughs> they did we actually the, get to five? Yeah, we got to five, I think. Um, I,
15: I've never heard of it.
7: Yeah. Weird. Uh, we just couldn't. Uh, we couldn't get our. I don't think they exist. I don't. I never kept them posted, so I think they're down. We just couldn't get our shit together as far as scheduling, so it stopped. Uh,
15: but he's here now. That's all that matters.
7: Yeah. So he's not a rookie. No. He's I
15: a know. veteran.
7: The bar whole podcast set, uh, under my belt, apparently. Yeah, and um, also I'd like to point out I have not seen Lake Effect appear on my uh, podcast feed yet, so it looks like. I will be taking the crown for first brother podcast.
15: That's true.
16: Burn. Mm
7: -hmm.
15: Yeah. The only reason you're on, Joe. (laughs) All
7: the time I (laughs) say. All right. Well, we'll start with uh, Shannon. How the fuck are you?
15: I'm doing great. Uh, Coming down from the whole Super Bowl Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, the Seahawks won. It was fucking awesome. They're my second favorite team, of course, the Steelers being my favorite team, but they didn't do so hot this year.
7: Yeah, it's so. I, I saw y'all made up like a Seahawk trollop on the Facebooks. <laughs>
15: yeah. Everybody hates that so much on the Facebooks. Everyone from back home is like, what the fuck are you wearing?
7: You know what we wore back in Pittsburgh? Funeral black on oh. Super Bowl Sunday. What a goddamn boy I am sure in Seattle it was a fun Super Bowl for the rest of the world. It sucked.
15: It I thought it kind was of a shitty game.
7: Yeah, I thought it was gonna suck, but for completely different reasons. I thought I told everybody there's no way Denver's gonna destroy. They didn't. <clears throat> they got destroyed. They got fucking owned. What was the final score? Forty eight eight or something? 43. It was forty three eight. Yeah, it was fucking embarrassing
15: yeah they got spanked, and you know i it was nice because I didn't feel stressed out the entire game, but at the same time, it wasn't very exciting when they were up twenty two nothing at the half. I'm just like I could go home right now and not watch the rest of it and know what the outcome is going to be. There was no excitement, you know
7: i didn't uh I didn't care for any of the commercials either. I liked the I like you the, know,
15: I thought the same thing. They fucking sucked this year. It was
7: pretty bad. I mean, the, some of the movie trailers, I might actually see the new Transformers now. That kind of looked cool. Age of Extinction. Uh, and then there were a few other ones. I think the new Captain America trailer was pretty cool. Oh, and the Spider-Man 2-1, uh, the, the villain sizzle reel, they're calling it. You got to look at all the villains, except for you hear Paul Giamatti's voice and you see the outside rhinoceros whatever thing, but you don't see him in it, which is what I wanted to see, but. That's the movie I'm excited for. I think it's gonna be good. I didn't see the first one, so now I'm willing to watch the first reboot, because I was that excited about that trailer.
17: I mean, it's not
7: great. Okay, well, it's better than Spider-Man 3 though.
1: Yes, well, what isn't?
9: Uh, Yeah, that movie. The Super Bowl is better
1: than that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I invite you to listen to more of those men and women people. NSF Water Coolers is available at notsafeforwatercoolers.tumblr.com. They're also part of the Wicked Radio Network. One of the newest podcasts by a comedian is Down with Joe DeRosa, and he brings a very simple, straightforward show concept with him one guest, one topic. In this clip, he reunions with his former co-host from a radio show and podcast called Uninformed, which is none other than the host of the Monday morning podcast, Bill Burr. The topic today, anger management.
17: Hi, I'm Joe DeRosa, and here we go with the podcast where I talk to one guest for one thing for one hour, and today we're talking about anger management. It's something I've certainly struggled with and failed at achieving for a good chunk of my life, but it's made me a living. Anger, annoyance, outbursts, and tirades have played no small part in my approach to comedy, and people usually think it's funny until it gets real. Here's what I mean. An audience loves anger as a show. We center movies around it. Anger management, that's a movie. We make TV shows about it. Anger management, that's a TV show. And angry comics are consistently... A hit, just see Lewis Black, Sam Kinnison, or one of the other countless ranting funny men that have graced the craft. But once anger is off the screen or the stage, people usually don't want it near them. The average calm person shuns, judges, and pokes a stick at someone else's anger like it's some kind of mutant circus freak that entertains and disgusts them all at the same time. So it can suck to be an angry guy until you become an angry performer, which leads to one question I'd like to analyze today. If a guy stops being angry, will he also stop being funny? I don't know. Maybe my guest does. With me today is one of my best pals and a guy who I used to get paid to bicker with on the uninformed radio show. He's one of the biggest comedians working today, packing theaters around the world and cranking out hour-long specials, the latest of which is called You People Are All the Same. His Monday morning podcast is one of the best out there, and he's recently stepped into a larger podcast arena as one of the founders of the All Things Comedy Network. He's recently been seen in what I'd call a shit ton of movies. Look for him in Walk of Shame later this year. And he's appeared with regularity on a variety of fantastic TV programs, including the renowned Breaking Bad. But he's here now and I'm excited. Bilber, everybody. Ah, oh,
11: Jesus that show. <laughs>
16: I wanted to sound like I was coming into the room. Jeez, Joe, I wish that intro, I wish my, my career was half as good as that intro. That was phenomenal. Thank you. A shit ton of movies.
17: <laughs> You're in so with, with, many movies, man. Yeah, I know. It's like
16: five lines. It's great. I'm there for like six days. Perfect, Joe. I'm getting away with murder.
17: You're but you your the parts are big enough that uh scroll
16: down on the IMDb page. You scroll
17: down you to keep see it. scrolling. But you make the trailer every time uh, you you appear in the trailer. You're in the trailer for Stand Up Guys. You're in the trailer for Walk of Shame. That's because I'm part of an unrecognized minority. So <laughs> the same way they got to get the
16: Asian and the African American in there occasionally throwing a
17: throwing a ginger. Yeah, <laughs> you're the new Ken Jong. <laughs> <I know. laughs> <laughs> Here's here's what I want to start with. We I mean Bill, we've had our share of arguments over the years. No, so we've had disagreements. <laughs> yeah. Some public? Some public. Some even more public. Some public. Well, people tell me uh, for the people that don't know, Bill and I used to do a radio show together called Uninformed, which became a podcast. And which... we never
16: stopped doing it. We were on a hiatus yeah. and it's starting again. What happened was I moved out to LA. Yeah. And um you just could not get your shit together. I couldn't get it together. You couldn't get it together to just get one of the zillion writing jobs out here. Yeah. And finally, you put together a packet
4: as no, the window
16: as the window was beginning to close. Yeah. You finally decided to get off your ass and do a little bit of work. I snuck in. I okay.
17: snuck in. I
16: Joe, you're, Joe, you're one of the hardest working guys I know.
17: Hey, thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank were. you. Thank you're
16: thank always you. working on. You know, I'm working on this idea. <laughs> the well, fucking cocksuckers aren't letting me do it. You know, they said. <laughs> I pitched it, they liked it, and now they're they just fucking They're such cunts. They're all cunts. That's what it's like to sit next to Joe. That's like, you know, you're just beginning to order a round two.
17: He, well, here's the funny thing is, uh, I apparently say the word cunt so much that I was telling a joke last night at dinner with Pete Holmes, mm-hmm. and the punchline of the joke has cunt in it. And he goes, I knew what the punchline was going to be when you got to the part in the joke where you were allowed to riff and call the girl a cunt and you called her a, only a bitch. <laughs> he's, he's like, I knew cunt was coming, man. You, you, you exposed yourself. Uh, so I say that word too much because I'm an angry guy. That's the point. The, uh, and here's what I went, why I brought up uninformed was uh, people tell me that we're fans of the show. They always said that their favorite episode was the episode where we actually brought on, we had fought so much on the air that we actually brought on a marriage counselor. Did talk. we do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? To talk about. You don't remember this? No. Yeah. I, uh, I remember the big Satanist. shot over
10: here.
16: I remember, no, I remember <laughs> the Satanist. Right. I remember the, uh, we brought on the cop. The cop. Blue, when, Blue Lou Boyle we brought on.
17: Um. I don't think we're the, supposed the, the, to bleep the, that name because I the, think he was supposed to be anonymous on the show. Uh, he didn't say anything. It's alright. The, uh.
16: <laughs> the, um. Who was the other one? Um, uh, we brought in. Blue Lou Boyle is not his name. That's out of a Tarantino movie. <laughs>
1: Joe and Bill get deep into anger issues as that podcast episode unwinds. You can get all of Joe's episodes. In fact, since he's just getting going, you can binge listen to what's up there in half a day. Easy. Uh, Check out JoeDeRosaComedy.com for more. Our next clip comes from a podcast that's consistently in Stitcher's Top 100 Comedy Podcasts, as well as always up in the hot downloads on iTunes. It's Ari Shafir's skeptic tank, and comedian Ari Shafir usually has fellow comics on with him to talk about all sorts of topics. For instance, in his Epi 147 entitled Closet Case, he has Kevin Meaney on, and one of the central points of their conversation is having Kevin talk about what it was like to come out of the closet at the age of 50. In this clip, they're covering some ground about how he didn't seem to have much motivation towards comedy or much else in his teen years.
18: My brother Jack says he has no idea how I graduated from high school, and he, he would just look at me and go, "I can't believe he doesn't do any of the work." I, I would do nothing, absolutely nothing. I would just watch television.
9: Yeah, that's how I was. I would too. do no homework. Would you do I, it just in in school? Would you do it in class? Like do your homework for the next I class? I
18: don't know how I got through. I have no idea. I, if if there was one thing, like if I would get if something would interest me, yeah, I would. Uh, look at it and study it and and absorb it and then really do well on the test but mostly yeah, anything, anything that I wasn't interested in I could I would just like make it up and I would I would be it would be fun yeah but you're like a smart guy I remember taking the standardized test yeah that everybody SATs, t- SATs or whatever it Cat. was and I just filled them all in and I laughed through the whole <laughs> thing not reading one question just laughing, going, I can't believe I'm doing this, I'm crazy, I just, look at this design I'm doing, and then I handed it in, and then I, of course, I forgot about it, I didn't hear anything about it, and then the next thing you know, they have to bring my mother and father in to discuss my standardized standardized test, because... They think that I might have retardation
9: problems. <laughs> they didn't assume. Maybe this guy just doesn't care. No. He's just guessing.
18: Nope. They just said they just went right to that. That There's something obviously <laughs> Wait, wrong when, with him.
9: When was this? What
19: year around was this? Oh,
18: this is in the, the 70s. 80s? 70s. No, 70s. Okay. Yeah. And, and at that time, I was uh, working full time
19: <laughs> as,
18: as a pot washer at a country club. in uh, As a what? As a pot washer. I was the head pot washer at a country club. I was in the pot washers' union. What's what? What is that? A pot washer is somebody who washes the pots Athlete. for the chef. Oh. So I was in a kitchen, this great kitchen that uh, you know that they were doing all these parties and and the members uh, they, they you know they had a membership there, but then they would bring in you know Christmas parties and uh, golf outings and things like that, that all year round. Pope. And I was fourteen. And I got hired as the head pot washer. There was a pot washer's union? Yes, there was. Why? It was part of the dishwasher's union. Oh, yeah, okay. So it was a All pot right. washer's union. It was a dish... There, I I, th- I, don't know if it was the dishwashers or pot washers, but I was part of the pot washers. Yeah. I was. And I, I was more... I, I was very happy with my... How much did that pay? Minimum? Minimum, but there was a lot of work, so I was making a lot of money. Yeah, as a fourteen-year-old, though, minimum wage was amazing. It was like I don't know, it was dollar seventy-five an hour. Whoa, maybe that, maybe a dollar twenty-five an hour back then.
13: Oh, <sighs> that's a lot less than when I was minimum waging. Well, it was like six fifty.
18: No, this is like in nineteen seventy dollars Yeah, Nineteen seventy-two, or maybe even nineteen seventy. I was, uh, up, I was fourteen, maybe. The minimum wage in this country is ridiculous, but they say this is the minimum wage
9: you can earn is ridiculous. I don't know how
18: people do it, but, you know, you can do it, you know, there are, and there are things that, you know, people go, well, you know, in the poor neighborhoods, you can't buy, you know, that's all you're offered are like fast food and things like that. Mm-hmm. There are things that you can buy. Groceries. And groceries, just you go, you know, I mean, because I'm a big, you know, I'm really big in, uh, on food now and, and, and working on my weight and my, and my health and everything. So that's a big yeah. part of what I've been doing this the last few years.
1: The Skeptic Tank with Ari Shafir is part of the All Comedy Network, which is kind of a comedian co-op. I think all the comedians who have podcasts up there are part of the people with the power, which is uh, kind of a cool thing. You can also find fresh episodes of his show at AriTheGreat.com. Now it's time for a word from our sponsor. Hello,
0: friends. Bill Haywatt here with some timely fashion news. If you or someone you know is in imminent danger of being kidnapped, shanghaied, or abducted by aliens, Henderson's new Ransom Pants are just the right style statement you need to make to get yourself out of a sticky situation. Our research reveals that the number one complaint of abductees is not that they miss their loved ones and friends, but that it's always so darned uncomfortable. Well, not anymore. If and when you're taken, you'll appreciate the loose fit and padded seat of these handsome ransom pants. They'll bring you great comfort, no matter if you're trussed up in the back of a van, the trunk of a car, or the cargo hold of a hyper-dimensional spacecraft. And there's more comfort waiting inside these pants. The roomy legs are lined with secret pockets. You can fill with energy bars and puzzle books to fill the idle time waiting to be rescued. And rescue won't be far away, thanks to the homing tracker built into the Ransom Pants... Waste bad. Then, just in case no one cares enough about you to be following the tracker's signal, and you're left to get yourself out of the mess you found yourself in, pay your own way! That's right! The ultimate secret of Henderson's Ransom Pants! is that that comfortable seat you've been sitting on is padded with $1 million in warm, comfy cash. Just drop trow, pay your kidnappers, and be on your way. Originally designed for Patty Hearst, enemies of La Cosa Nostra, as well as Barney and Betty Hill, Henderson's Ransom Pants, maybe just the ticket to get you an early release and back home in time for dinner. That's Henderson's Makers of Fine
1: Pants Parts since 1932. And now back to Sakatash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Here's a reminder. If you want to hear more of Bill Haywatt talking about Bill Haywatt, catch him as a guest on a uh, episode of the Strange Times podcast coming out soon. I'll uh, try and let you know when that drops. uh, Watch our tweet feed for uh, for more. I think the tweet sack is pretty empty this week. I've been moving and just now getting stuff organized digitally as well as in the real world. And I'm just not seeing a whole lot that's come in. Maybe it's me. Uh, I did get a request from at Crowbama, Darren Staley, for a Succotash button. And I've sent a couple of those out to him. He only asked for one, but now that he's got a podcasting partner on his new show, The Crow and Dave Show, over on Blog Talk Radio, I figured he can share it with his friend Dave who apparently actually has top billing. Although it's listed on Blog Talk as Crow and Dave, there's some dispute at the beginning of their epi 2, and it's really the Dave and Crow show. I mentioned the tweet sack last week that I would play a clip from his new show, and by God, if he didn't send me a link, and I have clipped a bit about Darren having to hassle with lanyards.
20: But uh, last week, I thought we had a very good uh, pilot episode. I, I don't know if it's a pilot, because the pilot doesn't necessarily air. Or does the pilot? So you shoot a pilot and it might not air, but if it does air, sometimes they don't use the pilot as the show that airs, I think right, the way right. it goes. So
14: this is a podcast and we really technically can't be canceled because it's on our own dime, I don't think it's a pilot. I think it's our first show.
20: Well, that was our first show. This is our second show. Right. Okay. Well, one of the big topics of the first show, uh, even though you hated the topic and didn't want to talk about it, was my lanyard. Yes. And... Uh, you know, I got a lanyard for my new job. We talked about it last week, and you I got had a necklace. It's not a necklace. It's it, a lanyard. It's got it, a badge, my a name. It's a cloth
14: necklace with a tag on it.
20: Anyway, so I had a, a gig uh, in Statesville uh, that I was going to go with my lanyard, and basically, I had a little little meltdown, little setback. Yeah. Um, uh, what happened was, I don't want to really get into the nitty gritty, but basically, it's this: I get down there. Because you're a freak. No, I'm not I'm not a freak. You are.
14: You took a hotel room yes. in the town because it was 30 minutes away.
20: No, technically it was an hour away.
14: Well, at the speed you drive, it was an hour. But for the rest of the free
20: world, it's 30 minutes. Anyway, I get down there and I get an email. And it says... At your hotel? Well, yeah, on the computer. But in your hotel. Yes, at okay. the hotel. And the email basically says, look, you can't use your regular lanyard that you use at your regular job. You've got to get a site specific lanyard.
14: Right, that makes sense. Yeah, but because because you weren't doing your regular job. This was a special job.
20: That's that's right. At a, at a different store, and they wanted that store name to be on that lanyard. Right. And you know, I was just getting used to the idea of you know having a lanyard at all. And yeah, I'm
14: surprised you ever wore it.
20: Well, actually, I was wearing it. I wore it to the hotel the day before I was supposed to go into work. Oh. I wore the lanyard the whole time I was there in the hotel just to get myself pumped up. Right. And then they send the email, you're going to have to pick up a different lanyard at the store, and it, it was just more than I could handle. I, I couldn't even do the job. I came home, and I said, you know, look, I, I'm just not ready at this point in my life. To change lanyard." To change lanyards, yes. I, I know I just got this lanyard. And know. how
14: much money did that
20: cost you? What did what cost
14: the lanyard, essentially.
20: The lanyard was free.
14: Yeah, but how much money did it cost you to not change lanyards?
20: Okay, well the job would have paid about five hundred dollars.
14: So that was a five hundred dollar
20: lanyard. A five. You can look at it that way, yes. Right. But if you think about it, just the stress that I would have that I would have gone through.
14: And putting the different nickels on.
20: Lanyard. Yeah. Uh, the five hundred dollars was worth it. Uh, as a matter of fact. I would have paid $500 not to wear that new lanyard. Well, give me the money.
14: You don't have to wear
20: it. The the good news is that I get to keep my old lanyard. And your old job? And my old job, yes.
14: Five-hour-a-month job.
20: Well, it's a little more than that. Uh, Last month, it was probably closer to 12 hours.
1: There you go. That's the Dave and Crow Show. Or if you're looking for it over on Blog Talk Radio, it's the Crow and Dave Show. Those boys better get that sorted out before they get too many more episodes under their belt. I also got a note back from uh, Greg Fitzsimmons this week, the host of Fitz Dog Radio, who's in San Francisco at the Punchline. That's this week, uh, Thursday through Saturday night. Uh, So you can get that at sfpunchline.com. Get your ticket link there. And if you're in the Bay Area, go check him out. He does a great show. Um, And he's also making time for an interview while he's here in the city. So I'm looking forward to that. The show uh, with him will be up later this month. Again, check him out at the Punchline this week if you're in the Bay Area. Other than that, that's, uh, there's the usual delightful collection of mentions, retweets, follows, and sidelong glances on Twitter. Here's a list of most of you responsible for helping to pass the succotash on Twitter this past week. MGP Bot, Sheepdog, Chris Bell, Davian Dent, SoundCloud Comments, Amish Baby Machine, Dave Nelson, Salty Language Pod, Fake and Curry, promos for all. Peter L. Brown Jen KL Hal Lublin Izzy Jerry Tawat, Strange Time Show Russell Russ Johns Podcast Cafe Live The Michelle Wojo The Mental Overload Show Action Science Theater Nigel Boydell Dawn T. Smith Adam and JP Brian McKen Poor Radio Podcast Conrad and Jack Show Corey Epps the Pod Mafia, Rufus and Howard, Good Podcasts, Andy McAfee, Ed Wallach, Don't Quit Your Day Cast, Mr. Mikey Vegas, Stuff Like That, Wrong Foot Podcast, Podcast Cafe Live. I, that's the second time I mentioned them today. Hmm, interesting. Fedora the Explorer, Jabs D Head Factor, Sheila Dingo Bricko, Growler Radio, Michael O'Brien. Don Stiff, Jordan Brady, who we're going to have to have back on the show soon to talk about his newest documentary that he's just finishing up called I Am Road Comic, Trevin Ben, Jeff Bolt, Illusionoid, Jamie, Casa Mirth, Karen D. Prescott, David Feldman Show, Laura Saner, Hop the Troll, and DJ Erica Roan. I'll also give one more shout out to you Succotashians who are being kind enough to do your Amazon shopping by clicking through to their site from the banner atop our home site at SuccotashShow.com. It's the next best thing to clicking on the donate button in the right-hand column of our home site and giving the money to us directly, or by clicking on the link for the Succotashery, where we sell our merch. However you like to help us out, though, just know that it's appreciated. Next up, also from the Tweet Sack last week... Get out of here, Tweety. We got a note to check out Ice-T's final level podcast. The father of gangster rap has conquered music, movies, TV, and now has entered the podcasting arena. Welcome, Ice-T. Glad to have you aboard. Not sure what he's doing constitutes a comedy podcast, but when Ice-T asks you to play a clip, you play a
4: motherfucking clip. This is definitely a word of mouth thing, but I want to give a special shout out to all the Dungeons and Dragons people that came in since the last podcast because of uh, you know, my my explanation of doing a Dungeons and Dragons book. And y'all have been phenomenal. I mean, I'm watching y'all on Twitter. It's nothing but love. And let me let me clarify something. When I said I did the Dungeons and Dragons book, don't people don't get it twisted. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said it was difficult. You know what I'm saying? I, I have nothing against Dungeons and Dragons, geeks and nerds. I tell you, I just hate dumb fucks, okay? So I went to do it. Now, think about it. What wouldn't Ice-T like about a dungeon Thank or a motherfucking dragon? That right. shit sounds dope to me. So I'm not that familiar with it, but I'm becoming more familiar every day, and I'm definitely going to play a game. I want to be a dungeon master. People actually told me I should start my own game. I think I'm going to call it Basements and Gangsters or Ghettos and Gangsters or something like that and do it similar to this because it seem, seems really cool. But when I said it was difficult, that's what I was talking about. you know, reading it was difficult. Let me t- explain these some of the other things I had to do during the reading of this book. I had to act out all the characters' voices. Mick, Oh, you act out. How many characters was it? There's like five characters. there's like there's like three women. Imagine that. then two other guys that are jumping around, flying around on horses. Then I had to be the voice of the sword, but the sword talks in the motherfucker's head. so I got to be a voice. Of like a conscience. Right. And then all these motherfuckers decide they want to have conversations. And people are like, oh well, the words aren't that hard. Dude, the the main motherfucker's name is Trizd, like T-R-I-Z-Z-Z-T, Dur Odin. All right. Trisder Trisder Okay. Now when, when when the other person talks to him, they don't go, A, they say, and, and they say their name before. Like, if I'm going to talk to you, I'll say, and Mick Benzo, I'd like to tell you this. And you go, and Ice-T. It's like trying to read an entire animated feature, but you're all the voices. And you're trying to do it in line as it happens. Man, I was losing my motherfucking mind, man. But at the end of the day, when we finished it, it sounds kind of dope. If I put my name to something, it's going to be good. As good as I can possibly do it. I'm not taking... Anything lightly. I know, you know, this is something that has a a serious fan base and I want to make them proud of me. And who knows, maybe one day, first I said I'd never do it again. Who knows? I might do another book. I might, you know, this might be a new new thing. They like, the motherfuckers might like my voice. So our podcast listeners can look forward to that book being put out soon? Like I said, I'll keep you abreast of when this shit comes out, but thanks for all the love and all the people out there that might have misinterpreted what I was saying. Oh, Ice he was dissing Dungeon. I wasn't dissing Dungeon and Dragons, you sensitive motherfucker. I was saying the shit was difficult. I was admitting my failure at trying to read it, but I also, you know, I'm not going to be able to say I could read a fucking book on quantum physics or microbiology either. You know what I'm saying? The shit was hard. You know, and also, and also with, uh, after you know we did put it out there that i read the book we got crazy emails fans one fan like rewrote cop killer but in dungeons and dragons slang and and words it's just been overwhelming and stuff so you know people start sending me pictures of dragons and stuff and i mean i mean who who better a dragon master or dungeon master than Ice T, you know well, Lord Ice T. What I saw,
0: what I saw, a lot of people responding in Dungeons and Dragon and reference to you, say you're the Lord of the podcast,
4: Lord of the podcast, yeah. I'm the master of the grandmasters.
1: Master of the Grandmaster. Yeah. Dungeon and Dragons. That's a, I mean, that's going to be a hell of a goddamn audible book, though. Ice-T's co-host on the show is Mick Benzo, who has a hip-hop show over on Sirius Radio. You can grab the latest on their home site over at iceteafinallevel.com. And they are, as are all the shows you're hearing on Suckatash, on iTunes, and like most of the shows, but not all of them, on Stitcher On Demand Radio. We feature a clip from Do the Right Thing, the English panel show, a couple of episodes ago, on the recommendation of our friend Good underscore Podcasts, who then suggested we give a listen to Film Fandango, which features Rachel Ward from Do the Right Thing, along with David Reed and Merrick Larwood. They talk about movies, as you can tell by the title, but oddly, in the clip we grabbed from Epi 118, Rachel Ward doesn't seem to be a part of the mix. Netflix!
5: Um, Are you the voice of their new slogan? I think that should be their slogan. Yeah, I really need to get some work of any particular t- any form, <laughs> so I'm quite happy to be the voice of Netflix.
9: Netflix. Netflix.
5: And as you say it, their red ro- uh, logo slowly
21: fades to a sort of mustardy yellow, and then back again as it fades out. I think that would be really nice.
17: Ah,
5: well, Netflix. If you're listening, people of Netflix, I'm really uh, I'm keen to do that. <laughs> Hey, do you know should we go on to letters then? Or do you want yeah, to go on, go on. Um, okay. Well, talking about... Um, this is what inspired us, this uh, letter here. It's from Dave Christensen. <clears throat> Hi, David and Marek. Do you want to sneeze? No. Nope. Hi, David and Marek. Hi. And let's go on with the letter. I've been put off writing in again after my last emails in a pervert voice. Thanks, Marek. It really made what I'd written sound crap. Please don't do that again. It seems that lately all I've been doing is upsetting people. It is, isn't it?
21: And you're doing it again. You are reading it in a pervert voice again. Oh.
5: <laughs> anyway, here's Dave Christensen. Uh, anyway, and he says anyway as well. That was his... first thing there was meeting anyway, <laughs> and yet in the letter I, uh, he says anyway as well. That right. may have influenced me saying anyway. Great. Anyway, yeah. let's carry on the letter. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to point you towards a couple of documentaries currently available on Netflix, The Square and Dirty Awards, and that's what we're reviewing today. Both of them are nominated for Best Documentary Oscar this year, so I think are worth a watch. In particular, I Love The Square, which is, interesting enough, a Netflix-produced film, apparently. Ah. The way it covers the recent uprisings in Egypt is seemingly balanced and interesting, and the way it focuses on a small group of Egyptians who have different beliefs and backgrounds but come together with a desire for change is moving and really draws you into the story. There's probably a better documentary on Netflix like maybe Dreams of Life Mia Maxima Culpa Maxima Culpa sorry Indie Game and Bowling for Columbine but I want to point you towards this, this in the direction of these as it is Oscar season from what, everything I heard though it seems act, The Act of Killing is almost bound to win Best Doc Oscar and sound like a must watch I haven't seen it yet but that sounds Not like, yet
21: active uh, Act of Killing is apparently about um taking Indonesian death squads back to the scenes of their crimes and making them act them out it sounds horrific and fascinating I, I'm going to watch that one it's on
5: iTunes and Blinkbox okay yeah in other Oscar related Dave Christian's letter in other Oscar related talk The Hunt is up for best foreign language film um, I've seen that it's very good Mads Nicholson. yeah uh, and that's about it really that was quite a long email please don't read it all out in that perfect voice again cheers <laughs> 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 the hunt is very good is it yeah it's quite harrowing Mads oh. Mikkelsen's an amazing actor he's like brilliant
21: isn't he I saw his oh his brother was in Sherlock that's it
5: oh really yeah 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 A Royal Affair is also another great film that um, Mark Kermode picked out as his, his film of the year and also what was the other one that he picked out that I couldn't remember that I hated I can't remember again anyway that's it uh, thank you uh, Dave Christensen alright you know chill out a bit mate um <laughs> I'll guess he's written in. Is it Chris Webb? Yeah. Okay. Read it. What should I do? It as do it, just do it normal because people are signed of a problem with our voices. Okay. Or particularly me. <laughs> You're fine.
21: I'm fine. Dear buddy David and Merrick, seeing as I've only seen two of the films in the entire Oscar nomination list, best foreign language film, The Hunt and Best Animated Short, Room on the Broom. I haven't got a clue which is going to win in any of the category, but I like certificates with my name on, so I'll give it a go anyway. Best Picture, 12 Years a Slave. Best Director, Gravity. Best Actor, Bruce Dern. Best Actress, Kate Blanchett. Best Supporting Actor, Michael Fassbender. Best Supporting Actress, Jennifer Lawrence. I haven't been in touch for a while, because as you suggested, I've been seeing another movie podcast on- What? Ooh, on the side. But the smug and opinionated Mayon Commode couldn't keep me away from film Fandango for long. You're welcome. Happy New Year, Chris. P.S. As Anne Coletta, jean has asked that David read stuff in my accent, you might want to try a cross between Christian Bale and David Gray. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, as they're both from Pembrokeshire, the same side of Wales as me. David Gray. Who knows what David Gray sounds like?
5: I just know he's moved his head. That's all he's so famous well, for, isn't
21: it? Christian Bale sounds like that. And uh, David Gray uh, sounds like... Uh, so, I don't yeah. know how you'd combine those two. Just do Nelson Mandela. If you, if you want it, come and it. Sounds like that um, alien from Men in Black. That uh, is played by um, David Gray and Chris <laughs> <laughs> with a sore throat. Um, thank you, Chris Webb. Uh, sorry I didn't attempt your voice, it sounded too complicated. But
1: that is uh, one, the first of our submissions for people's guesses for the Oscars list. Maybe you can help solve the mystery about why Rachel Ward does not appear on this episode of the show by listening to the other ones. There are 121 more up at FilmFandango.com. Will Wilkins is a technical wizard who helps keep Smodcast internet radio running smoothly. And he also co-hosts a live show on the radio network called NetHeads with Trent Hunsaker. I've met Will at last year's Stitcher Awards because he's located in the Bay Area. So he shows up to pick up any awards that Smodcast may win there. He was actually at this awards too. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but he was sporting a pair of Google Glasses. Uh, Google Google Glass? I I don't exactly know whether there's a how you refer to them. Um, this clip is from a segment of their recent best of really episode that features regular listener contributor, Francis, whose specialty is golden age comic books. There's a bit of tech trouble seamlessly integrated into the beginning of the clip as well.
9: For those of you that are hopelessly drunk now, uh, cause you're listening live. <laughs> uh, I like to let everyone in on the podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this after the fact, we had to do a reset. Thankfully we were already delayed due to technical issues. I know that's a big shock. So <laughs> Take a drink. We're just waiting for Francis to call back who we already talked to and we're all going to pretend like we don't know he wants to talk about sandman or the joke is going to be on us. Mhm. And oh wait a minute, hold on. He's he never uh-huh. hung up. Hey Francis, how you doing? Pretty good. <laughs> how you doing this week, sir? I'm doing pretty well. Great. I'm glad to hear that. I I can you guess what I have in my hand right now? A cup of coffee. Very good. It's amazing. <laughs> it is a genius. It's like you've been here before. I love it. Uh, so what's on your mind this week, Francis? Boy, that's like 10 minutes of material we just lost. I know. Because was, that was, ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you, it was Francis Gold.
6: It was. It totally
9: was. You bring the gold, sir, each and every day. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, so you know wh- what else he brings, Will? No
6: golden age comics
9: that's right and who's on your mind this week francis i have the golden age sandman on my mind okay good he's sticking with it now i know no, nothing about everyone listening live like wait a minute We're... <laughs> like wait a what, second the thing that i like to think is that there is a portion of the office, audience not office i don't know what office, the audience sitting at home right now very stoned and <laughs> right now they're having that typical stoner moment of moment of did i just say something did I just say that out loud? So they're thinking. Wait, didn't I just hear this? Yes, you did. <laughs> Those of you not high and listening to the podcast, no, you haven't. That's great. I love it. I, I can't. I just wish I had the Twitter up right now, but then I'd lose my train of thought because I'm old. So now, Francis, I don't know anything about Sandman. So what does he look like? Uh,
18: he wears a uh, like a fedora and a gas mask and a cape and a suit.
9: A fedora. Now, how else would you classify that hat, Trent?
6: Uh, yeah, I would say the pork pie hat.
9: You yeah, know, so, yeah. you know what's really sad. Do you know what's, what's really sad, Trent? <laughs> what's that, Will? <laughs> you can't just fill in the blank. Um, I'm guessing that you you know what a pork pie hat is just because of uh, Justin Timberlake. Unfortunately, and it's, a, uh, it's I'm ashamed to admit it. <laughs> 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 oh, man. No, it's true, though, because there was that one skit where on Saturday Night Live, the last time he hosted, where he said he wasn't going to sing, right? Right. And he was singing right, yeah. the whole segment. And, you know, it's like, I'm not going to get a pork pie hat. And then whatever he said after that, I'm like, oh, that's what a pork pie hat is. Yeah. Okay. I learned something new every day. <laughs> what is it called? And the man, man what? You know what I learned today? Make sure the archive is going before you get started. Anyway. So what is what is Sandman's deal, Francis? Other than having uh, troubled nightmares, what else?
18: Well, he was incorporated into the um, the vertical Sandman series by Neil Gaiman, and he uh, appeared. He had his own series, Sandman Mystery Theater, which was a mature readers version of it, and it had Starman in one issue
9: or in one series of issues. Oh, Starman, who you brought up a few weeks ago. Yeah. You know what's interesting, Francis. And I'm yep. not, not going to read anything into this. I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, everyone can take it as they will, and we'll go from <laughs> oh, there. Oh, shit. <laughs> I notice how, that a lot of the times when you bring up your Golden Age comics, somehow there's always an adult content-related theme there or tie-in. <laughs> but I know you've also said that a lot of the early illustrators, for example, were... You know, they were like uh, bondage art artists and that kind of thing. Right.
18: I mentioned the Mature Readers comics to appeal to you,
5: basically. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Zing, zing, zoom!
9: Wow. I did the bell ring because I
1: just got schooled. Oh,
16: You just got knocked the fuck out!
1: (laughs) Nice. Very nice. Well played, Francis. NetHeads is actually live every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, and you can interact with them via Twitter at Netheads on Air. Their home site is smodcast.com slash channels slash netheads. Our next clip comes from the Squarehead Kids, a big old barrel full of podcast hosts including Frank, Jay, Big Daddy Deck, Little Ricky, and the good doctor. Plus their assorted guests. It's a bit of a cluster chat, but they manage to keep their free ranging conversation more or less together. In other-, in other news,
3: we just got back from Mexico, in case you didn't know. Okay. Oh,
8: right. Ricky well, homeland. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Ricky's Homeland, where I found 30 better Mexicans who could have pulled the show off last week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tried my hardest. We have people sitting in chat while this asshole can't figure it out.
6: <laughs> the problem was, is I tried my hardest like a half hour before the show. Right.
3: He was siesting for a week. The <laughs> csd word? It is now. He was uh, taking a nap for a fucking week, and then he's like, "Oh, I guess I should wake up and get ready for the show." You nice should
8: have cool. uh, you should have put that in my hands. Instead, I spent my Friday night doodling drawings for a fucking five year old. I could have been putting our show up online. <laughs> Why were you doodling a
6: five year old
8: <laughs> drawing? You were diddling them.
6: Starry Spice said the Kardashians are precious. Um,
8: yeah, um, precious. we were out with Doc's girlfriend slash cousin. Oh. And my girlfriend brought her little girl out, and you were diddling. And I
4: was doodling. diddling
8: pictures there, doodling. Oh, that right. Do- doodling! doodling. <laughs> no, do- do- I was doodling pictures for the little five-year-old.
3: That's that's because good.
8: I wanted to be a fucking superstar. Nice. So, was she impressed? I think she liked them. She better have. So, if she knew, mean, I'm sure. I'm sure she. Put them on eBay the second she got home. It's like two or three bucks a pop for them <laughs> well, The second one too was trying to color in.
3: Like, no, I'm going to call It's like, no, don't color it. Anyways, so we were in Mexico. And I have a few things about Mexico. I wrote some fucking notes about Mexico. Fucking Mexico. He's got like an this I is like, my last like beer, by like the way. Pam I went and bought a yeah. six-pack tonight. And I've had such a rough, angry night that this is the last one. I'm out after this.
6: <laughs> and he didn't have supper. so. Not.
8: Well, he could probably My do, first thing, my first, my first, list. You, shut <laughs> you shut up over there. Shut the
3: fuck up. You shut up. We've only got like half an hour left. The show is flying by. Mexican Doritos. Mexican Doritos. Better than American Doritos. See? What? They actually what? have, Delicious. they have like a seasoning, like a fucking like never spicy had, seasoning. I've
6: are never they... had this seasoning ever in my life. I mean, they were the bomb.
3: Delish. Are, the, are they
6: called Mexican
8: Doritos or they just call them Doritos? Just Doritos or? down oh, there.
6: They're probably called American Doritos.
3: <laughs> Americanos Doritos. Well, that's weird because I hate Doritos.
8: I love Doritos. See, How I'm do
3: you... not a big Doritos fan either. You get, get that, that shit all over your finger. Well, not because of that, because... And they taste like dog shit. Well, have you... uh, How do you know what dog shit tastes like? That's what I want. How do you
6: not?
8: Everybody's been having a dare.
6: I have never. They were delicious. Come on,
8: you're from Mexico. You eat dog
6: shit. Why, I never, sir. Oh, we're having refried
4: beads. It's dog shit.
3: (laughs) Anyways, that was my first thing. It's not a big thing, but I just had to... That was my... Okay, so Mexican Doritos delicious. That was my break the ice thing. Um... I saw a Mexican ginger. What? Yeah. It, he was, he it had was all really the features of really a Mexican. Weird. He looked exactly like a Mexican, all the features, dark Mexican, but he had like freckles freckles and shit and kind of almost reddish hair. Reddish yeah. blonde. He was like a weird fucking, it was like Archie fucked a Mexican. And you had a Mexican archie. It was the
6: weirdest person. Like it was, was the weirdest creepy. person. Wow. It was That's...
3: almost creepy. He was a creepy dude. It was wow. so G- bizarre. He was a Mexican ginger.
8: Wow, <laughs> gingers are fucking creepy.
3: I <laughs> know. Imagine a Mexican one. So so it has a temper and it has no soul.
6: It <laughs> was like a Mexican, but yet it almost you know,
3: didn't have like didn't he like
6: blue eyes and like fr- freckles, but yet it was dark. Okay. it was really strange. Would it be like
8: Dan
3: this? is in chat? Dan, Dan, Dan is in chat and saying that Louis C.K. is Mexican. What? Is what? Louis C.K. Oh. and he's a ginger. Oh. I'm not saying he looked like a normal ginger, but was Mexican. Right. I'm saying he looked like a Mexican. Right.
6: With freckles and so if reddish. So freg- like a a, ginger, Frank? The guy
3: that Dan just posted in chat no that guy looks white. Yeah. This guy looked he was like Mexican. a Mexican.
8: So would that be With what would be hair produced and freckles. If like Frank fucked like Salma Hayek is that what you were Maybe, out? I don't know. He
6: be, because he was dark. He was really yeah. dark. Like he looked like a Mexican, but he had like
3: in white the feature, eyes. like the facial features like of a Mexican. Uh-huh. Frank, that you should really you should fuck
8: Selma that. Hayek and see I was him. gonna say, <laughs> <to Yeah>. make <laughs> this happen. See 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 what comes
0: happens. out. Arriba!
8: Like a beautiful right ginger, ginger Mexican. Baby. Let's get on this. You <laughs> want some sour cream
1: <laughs> on your taco? Maybe it's just me, but it seems like there may be copious amounts of alcohol going on there. By the time they get to the end of those episodes, grab one of the whirlwind discussion at their home site at Squarehead Kids. Com. And now it's time for our Burst O' Durst. This week, comedian Will Durst says it's not the hate, it's the stupidity when he unleashes his cultural bombast at the state of Arizona.
19: Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about Arizona Governor Jan Brewer vetoing SB 1062, the legislation giving legal cover to businesses denying services based on the operator's religious beliefs. Yes, indeed, the bigot bill went down. And the disappointment rumbling through the evangelical community has caused snakes to be mishandled all the way to Tennessee. Give the lady credit. She hemmed, she hawed, she deliberated, she took her time like a molasses-covered snail going uphill against the wind, but did the right thing for all the wrong reasons. It was the threat of a statewide economic boycott, including the possibility of losing another Super Bowl that did the trick. Once again, money trumps religion. Of course, if those darn liberals hadn't put up such a loud stink, she would have signed the bill so fast it would have made a roadrunner's head spin. You'd think that vetoing a bill sanctioning discrimination would be a no-brainer, but that situation has never stopped Arizona before. This is the state that refused to recognize Martin Luther King's birthday and still allows police to stop anybody with a tan on both their arms. It appears that AZ, the postal abbreviation for the Grand Canyon State, stands for Angry Xenophobes. And yeah, xenophobe is spelled with an X, but it's doubtful the intolerant, ignorant denizens of Arizona know that. Also doubtful that Arizona legislators are aware there are religions other than Christianity, because depending on the faith of the business owner, this bill would have allowed people to refuse service not just for sexual orientation, but sporting nail polish, eating shellfish, or fastening their pants with zippers. Wearing a hat or not wearing a hat. You'd have to take a urine test every time you drop something off at the dry cleaners. Arizona, it's not the hate. It's the stupidity. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst.
1: It's funny he's taking on Arizona because I think that's where he is this week. Uh, That's actually uh, our Burst of Durst uh, uh, submission from last week uh, that we finally got to, but uh, he doesn't have one this week. uh, And I think it's because he's at uh, Giant Spring Training, which happens in Scottsdale. So he's... Uh, bearding the beast in its den, so to speak. You can read more Durst any old time you want to at willdurst.com. You can also catch him tweeting at Will Durst, and he'll be appearing at an event I'm hosting later this month at Alfred's Steakhouse in San Francisco, which is not normally a comedy venue, uh, but uh, it's a special fundraiser that's going on on Thursday, March 27th, by the producers of the Three Still Standing documentary you've heard me talking about. So they uh, they're trying to afford to finish... The film. It's almost all done. I've seen a a very polished-looking rough cut, Uh, but they've got a little bit more editing to do and uh, snipping and gluing and sticking and whatever happens. So you can help that. That's Thursday, March 27th, if you're in the Bay Area. You can find out more about that show at 3. That's the number 3, stillstanding.com. And that's it. We're done. Epi 83 is finito. I am out of here until next time, when we should have Greg Fitzsimmons as our special guest. In the meantime, be good to each other. Shop at Amazon through the banner at succotashshow.com. And please remember, no matter where you go or what you do, to pass the succotash. You've
0: been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll free call number 818-921-7212. That
1: number
0: again is 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.